We start today's khutbah with a very heavy heart, with a heavy soul. The tears that fell from our eyes do not show the blood that drips from the hearts of those innocent slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who were standing in salah as Jum'ah salah became fart for them in the early hours of this morning in Christchurch in New Zealand. They made wudu, they did their ghusl, they came to the masjid as you are coming to the masjid. They brought their children to the masjid as you brought your children to the masjid. They came in the answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yawm al-Jum'ah. They hurried to pray. They came to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as they were making their intention, as they were arriving for Jum'ah, Another man, another animal was also making his intention. He was also preparing to go to that same masjid, Masjid al-Nur, the masjid of guidance. And as they prayed, as they stood in salah, behind the imam, this coward, this criminal, this evil and wicked man opened fire on innocent men, women and children going and killing and murdering them. His name is Brenton Tarrant. Are we surprised about this happening? Are we really surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm disgusted it happened. There is no surprise to anybody who has been following the narrative that has been prevalent in the last 20 years or so. What, why did this man do this? He's even left a sick manifesto on the internet of why he did it. For him, immigrants were bad. Immigrants are very bad. He didn't like people who emigrated to places like Australia. The irony, the sick irony of a man who descends from those who were deported from this country as criminals to a land where they slaughtered the Aborigines is lost upon me. This man must be so ignorant so foolish that he has forgotten that he is of those that migrated to Australia as criminals, many of them, not all, not all, and slaughtered the Aborigines. For him, Muslims were bad. All Muslims were bad for him. He did not like Islam. He believed in white supremacism, a form of secularism that sees itself as a civilizer of the world. As Kipling said, I'm discharging the white man's burden in civilizing these natives. Rudyard Kipling, the famous author. This man spoke in a language which is not alien. People are trying to compare him to Anders Breivik, the man who shot Muslims in Scandinavia. Trying to say he represents a small minority. These people are not stupid, nor are they ignorant. They are trying to downplay the fact that this man speaks the language of his heroes, his idols, like Donald Trump, like the Prime Ministers of this country, Blair and Cameron and May. He speaks the language of Macron and Xi Jinping and Putin and Narendra Modi. He speaks the language of Netanyahu. He speaks the language of oppressors the world over who attack and target Muslims and migrants. They're cowards. Don't focus on this poor little boy. 
this sick, mentally disturbed individual, this criminal, he's a terrorist, being following the footsteps of some of the greatest terrorists that have walked this planet in the last century. That's the truth. That is the truth. This man, he was radicalized. He was radicalized by those that make speeches attacking immigrants. Build that wall. We've got to build walls across Palestine, across the Mexico border. We don't want outsiders. He was the man who followed the people that sit in the temples, in the places like Capitol Hill in America, and in Westminster here, and in Tel Aviv, and in Canberra. People like John Howard, people like Malcolm Turnbull and so on, the Prime Ministers of Australia, who have been vilifying immigrants, vilifying Muslims, otherizing them, making them feel as if these people have no value. No value. And so it is that this man, he understood the language. And what did he do? He went and found a soft target, a masjid. Just like Bush and Obama and these people found Iraq, they found places like Afghanistan and Somalia. Easy targets. Go and slaughter people because of your own benefits, because you need to do something to achieve an objective. These people... And he does not represent the majority of our fellow citizens in this country or any other country. This is not a Muslim, non-Muslim matter. Let's be clear. This is a criminal and a non-criminal matter. This is not to do with my neighbor and your neighbor, our friends at work or your friends at work. This is nothing to do with that. And any Muslim who tries to paint that is equally misguided as this criminal in Australia who tried to do this. It is not the case and it will never be the case that you and I would follow this example. No, we do not. We follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, not the sunnah of Donald Trump or Tony Blair or Obama and so on. This man, he saw a very straightforward linear equation. What we got to do? We got to sort these immigrants out. And on the bullets, on the magazines of his gun, he had for Rotherham. As if these criminals in Rotherham were acting to the, according to the kitab and sunnah when they were doing what they were doing. Which brings me on to the second language he speaks. The media. The media has been blaming Islam and Muslims for the best part of 20 years in particular. They blamed Islam for the actions of a few criminals in Rotherham. He had it written on there. He was playing a Chetnik song from the Serbian conflict where the Chetnik Serbs would slaughter Bosnians and Croats, Muslims and Christians, actually, who were not like them. This man was a fully paid up member of this club. Hate. And the media... The media has been pushing it, whether it's the radio stations, the TV stations, and the print media. They've all been saying, Islam has to be changed. Muslims are to blame. And when this Brexit thing has come, it's put it on steroids. You saw those photographs with Johnson and co. were proudly put, uh, showing of the mi- immigrants coming here. Immigrants are to blame. Muslims are to blame. Islam is to blame. This is what produced Brenton Tarrant. This is what produced this man, a criminal, a terrorist in every sense of the world. And if you've been listening to the media today and watching it, look at how people are trying to trivialize the involvement of mainstream politicians and political parties in the East and the West. They're the ones who are trying to minimize this. The truth is that they are the ones who have got an equal part. If Trump is to blame, so is the mainstream media. Not everybody in the media. Again, let's speak the truth. Many voices in the media do not follow this line. And very often they're laughed at and mocked. 
as being crazy liberals or lefties or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, again, as Muslims, when we stand, especially me, standing in front of you on the member here, I have a responsibility to speak the truth. And these people, what do they do? They look to twist things, to spin things, show, as to show that this is the problem. And when they attack minorities, otherized people like uh, Muslims and immigrants, the consequences of what you have is what happens in Auckland. Sorry, in Christchurch in New Zealand today. In the two masajid there. And subhanAllah, if you think about what this man is doing, there is a pattern. What, Alhamdulillah, as Muslims we have taqal in Allah. But we need to open our eyes, open our hearts, open our brains, and begin to think deep. Make tadabbur. Let's not be shallow. Let's not buy the lines we're fed by these so-called thinkers. There are think tanks like the Rand Corporation in America and Henry Jackson Society here and elsewhere that seek to blame Muslims and seek to show Islam as the problem. Islam is not the problem, was not the problem, will never be the problem. Islam is the answer. It is the solution. It is the guide. We'll be very blunt about that. Let's not apologize. I'm not in the business of apologizing who I am. You follow the finest human being that walked this planet, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You need to show some backbone. We need to show backbone. We need to show that we stand for the right and the truth. And we stand for justice and honesty. And it is not only these rulers, these people in the media. There are many quietest Muslims who have been sucking up so-called celebrity scholars that love the limelight of the White House. They want to be photographed with these people like Bush. They use the Maliki Madhab or the Hanafi Madhab or the Hanbali Madhab or the Shafi'i Madhab or use the Salaf Salihin as a justification, whether it's in the Muslim countries or in the West. To reinforce the narrative, we have to change Islam. Islam is to blame. Muslims are to blame. We are not quietists. We do not endorse people who are out there to harm anyone. This is not acceptable. You know who I'm talking about. The people that come and tell you, we have to change Islam. Muslims are a problem. And yes, when it comes to people... In the Muslim community who make problems, none of us have a problem in calling them out. Daesh and ISIS are what? The other side of the coin to people like Trump, Blair, Obama and so on. That's what they are. That's what they represent. And therefore, when you're condemning them, which we should condemn, of course we should, we must, then understand the principle. Anybody who otherizes, who targets, who criminalizes, who insults, who encourages hatred of Muslims or non-Muslims, then the principle is they must all be called out. Not just a cheap target. People think it's difficult to stand up and say, look, this is not acceptable. Why do you say this about Muslims and Islam? Why must Islam be changed? They all use a common example called CVE, countering violent extremism. And this become countering extremism. This plays a part in this. This plays a big part in this. It's now called a prevent policy in this country. The Chinese government uses the same thing in East Turkestan when it is opening up concentration camps targeting Muslims. So what Brenton Tarrant did in Christchurch, he's only playing out 
what he sees the rulers and the big politicians and the think tanks have been saying. Islam is the problem, Muslims are the problem, immigrants are the problem. He said it. I don't need to now work out this man was doing it for some other benign reason. He spoke with his own words. And when we look at this, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Because at the end of the day, this is Masjid al-Nur. You are from amongst those 49. Because what you believe in, what you carry, is what Brenton Tarrant hated. It's what Trump hates. It's what people like Blair hate. It's what people like Netanyahu hate. It's what people like Modi hate. It's what people like Xi Jinping hate. But not only that, not only that, you know, the Muslim rulers in the Muslim lands have been queuing up in the last 20 years to support this work. The likes of Sisi and his magicians who used the label of Al-Azhar to insult the ulama of Al-Azhar who stood tall in our history. These magicians that used the labels given to them by Jamiat, the universities of the Muslim world. These are the magicians and these are the pharaohs. They come with their lies and half-baked truths and attack Islam and Muslims. It is a campaign. There is a team. It is a global effort to criminalize and to minimize true, authentic, normative Islam. And as Muslims, you need to recognize that because that's what feeds the narrative. As a Muslim, I need to recognize this. And as Muslims, we have to reflect upon this. Because if we keep on putting our head down, being selfish, being scared, being worried, being concerned about ourselves, then who is going to correct all of these lies, all of these misrepresentations about Islam and Muslims, which are affecting people like this man that carried out this murder today? We have to think. We also have a part in this. ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفره إنه هو الغفور بسم الله الصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا You know رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم and this deen is so perfect it is so beautiful and he mentioned something very beautiful in the hadith. The example, the mithal of the believers is like that of a body in its affection and mercy and compassion for one another. When one limb aches, the whole body reacts with sleeplessness and fever. It's a hadith reported in Bukhari and Muslim on the authority of An-Nu'man ibn Bashir. And when you feel this hurt, when you feel the pain, as Muslims, we stand for justice. So if the oppressor is a Muslim, we speak out. If the oppressor is a non-Muslim, we still speak out. We don't look at somebody's iman and their name and their nationality to decide whether we condemn something. That's hypocrisy. And you do not follow a prophet who believed in this sort of thing. We do not follow that prophet. So as in thinking about what do we do, we have many things we can do. We have an obligation 
to first of all correct the problems within our own community. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the hood says, وَلَا تَرَقَنُوا إِلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا فَتَمَسَّكُمُ النَّارُ وَمَا لَكُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مِنْ أَوْلِيَاءَ ثُمَّ لَا تُنْصَرُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and incline not towards those who do wrong. Do not be lenient. Do not look favor from them. Lest the fire should touch you. And you have no protectors other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we will not be helped. That applies to the so-called celebrity ulama who many of us are swayed by, who will rightly condemn when Muslims do something wrong, but who will be quiet, will look for excuses not to condemn when people like Trump are radicalizing non-Muslims to attack Muslims. It's not acceptable. It does not matter who you are. In our history, we know in the seerah and the history when the um, Umar ibn Khattab was accounted by an unknown woman because she corrected him. We have to speak out on this point. We cannot turn the other cheek. We cannot walk on by. This is not the way that we deal with things. And in terms of where we move forward, first of all, be proud to be a Muslim. Say, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. This is a ni'mah for you. It is not a burden. It is not a difficulty. It is not something that you should be embarrassed about. And being a Muslim has duties with it, brothers. It brings obligations. Because you follow a Prophet ﷺ who did speak the truth to all oppressors and none. He did not only speak against the weak. He corrected the lies and the slander and the libel and the defamation that the Quraysh spread about Muslims in Makkah. Did he not do that? The Donald Trumps and the Sisi's were the Abu Jahl and the Abu Lahabs of Makkah. So that when the Muslims were in difficulty, their neighbors, their friends, their colleagues spoke out and defended them. Because they knew their character, they knew their truth, they knew their honesty, they knew that the Muslims are not what people like Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab and so on are saying. You know, Abu Sufyan when he wasn't a Muslim at the time. We have to speak up, which means you speak to the people around you, at the office, at the workplace, on the streets when you meet people that the reason why this man murdered is not because he was a lone individual it's because people like Trump and Blair and so on have radicalized him have pushed him to hatred and irrational hatred of Muslims because three and a half million of us here we don't believe any other stuff do we but is the effect of three and a half million Muslims being felt on this society ask yourself the question are three and a half million Muslims explaining Islam to the people around us? The answer is a no, of course it's not. Islam is a belief and a system that takes humanity above the whims and desires of insan. It takes humanity to the next level. 
Why do these politicians criminalize you and hate Islam and they hate immigrants? Why? Start from Hungary, the Jobbik party, Viktor Orban, and keep coming west. There are Nazi-type governments in many of the European countries with politicians who believe in Nazism and fascism. Austria, look at Netherlands, look at Denmark. Look around you. In this country now, you're getting these sort of people rising up. Because the system which they have adopted is the one which allows them to create enemies. You know, a brother put something I saw on social media that those that died today in a masjid in Salah are like Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh. He was attacked by a non-Muslim, we know. And when Umar ibn al-Khattab was dying, he said amongst the last things he said in a hadith in Bukhari, protect Ahlul Dhimma. Protect Ahlul Dhimma. He did not, because he knew the wisdom, the understanding. And as Muslims, we have to speak the truth because minorities are not being protected. Laws are being passed every year, criminalizing more and more aspects of conduct, of speech. More and more offenses. When you've got two-tier citizenship, not the law is discriminatory. The law has been passed by people like the Blairs. It was the Blair government that passed that law. It's not the application of the law. The law itself is bad. Where you can have a two-tier citizenship. Where you can otherize people. So you have to explain this. It is the political process, the political ideas, the political thinking with politicians who want to be nastier than the other one against immigrants, against Muslims, against minorities, so they can win votes. And then who are they winning votes from? They're telling the population, your problem, Dave or you know, Sharon or Roy, is these Muslims and these immigrants. That's what's happened. That's what's happening. And you work with Dave, you work with Roy, you work with Sharon's. Why are you not correcting this? Why are we not correcting this? In a society that is getting richer for the rich and poorer for the poor, why are we not explaining it's nothing to do with immigration, it's nothing to do with uh, Muslims, it's to, everything to do with the reality of the society we live in, the ideology that's being pushed. Because all they have to do is divide and rule. Blame us to them and to us they blame them. We're looking at them and saying, the real problem is Brenton Tarrant. No, he's not. He is the face of an ugly problem. And to them, they're saying, the real problem is that Muhammad that you work with. You know, he's got a family and he's the problem why the hospitals are falling apart and you haven't got good schools. Not that we haven't invested in them for decades. Who's going to explain this to our neighbors and friends and colleagues? It's not about trotting out the same old line, Islam is peace. Of course, Islam is peaceful to the one who is peaceful with anyone. That's a fact. But Islam is a belief system which encourages people to be fair, honest and just and productive, which all of you are, inshallah, I hope, and me. You have to explain this. That's what the real message that needs to go out of this, that these people that go, the guy who killed Joe Cox, the MP, who spoke out against this sort of fascist, Nazist hatred, he killed a non-Muslim woman who was defending people like you and me. Because he was radicalized by the extremists in this country. I.e., look, as Muslims, we have to speak and educate honestly. You know, when you point this out to somebody, you might get them rolling their eyes and saying, are you an apologist for terrorism? Are you trying to say that the MPs and the governments are trying behind this? And then you have to say, look, come with me. Let's sit down over a cup of tea. 
or some nice koshari or some makhluba, whatever it will be, get some food and explain it. When the Quraysh were oppressing the Muslims, the, the non-Muslims saw it because it was in their face. The Prophet ﷺ showed you how to do it, showed me how to do it. We don't want anybody dying. One innocent person killed is like all of humanity being killed. The ayah which I've stood here in the past when it was a Muslim who committed an act of terrorism and I used, same ayah applies here. As Muslims, you have to stand up, raise up our, lane, our level, up the game. Too much at stake here at the moment. Because if we don't, then the same biased media, the same biased politicians, the same biased think tanks are going to be pushing this day and night. And then there will be others. More laws are going to be passed. You watch. They're going to now try and say, we need to do more to stop, uh, they call it radicalization. No, you need to stop criminalizing Muslims and Islam. You need to stop criminalizing immigrants and minorities. And you need to stop being dishonest because you're trying to win elections. And you're trying to get tough on the weak and the poor. But if you're not explaining that, brothers, then don't expect things to change so radically. Because these politicians are grooming millions of people, hundreds of millions. And the media is there to show out generally. I said there are good journalists and there are good people in the media as well. I do not want to be cited as saying all media and all journalists are bad. That will be a lie and it will be wrong. But the majority, the louder voices, the most popular voices. Please move forward, brothers. We are running out of space and more brothers coming, inshallah. The majority that's shouting the loudest is the one that is blaming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Quran and the sunnah of his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and the Muslims as the problem. You are not the problem. I am not the problem. We are not the problem. The problem is when these dishonest and criminal cowards that use the politics of hatred to do what they have done. And as I said, what this man did in Christchurch is no different to the Black Hawks that went into Mogadishu, that the drones that strike in the tribal belts between Afghanistan and Pakistan, the criminals that went into Iraq, and so on. And there are many, many examples. Because they are killing the weak, the innocent, just as this man is doing. We do not fear anything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, anyone. Let's learn and understand that the arguments that need to be put out are to correct, to show, to explain who the real criminal in all of this is, who the real villain in all of this is. As one ummah, as one body, we are the ones that have that obligation. And as I said to you, it's an example that stuck to me in my mind. I will conclude on this. A Jum'ah 24, 25 years ago, maybe a man said, a sheikh, he said, I do not see the effect of 1.5 million Muslims on this society. Because at that time we were not speaking out. We need that effect. And why are we all here, by the way, to conclude? Sorry, one last point. I forgot. Why are you all brown and yellow and black faces in this country? A few white, maybe, inshallah. Why? Because the countries are bombed, have been bombed for centuries, looted and robbed by colonialism and by their puppets like the monarchies in the Middle East and the presidents and prime ministers in Africa and Asia. So the corruption and the attack and the bombing drives people here and then you are the problem because you've left to come here.
Who's been doing that? Who's been doing that? As Shashi Tharoor, the famous Indian author said, and many other Indian academics, they're not Muslim so I can cite them because they won't be biased. Trillions of dollars were taken from India. The empire wasn't built on hard work. It was built on the same policies that happen today. And as Muslims, we have to work in this country to project the right image of Islam. And we have to recognize that our weakness politically, internationally, is because there is no one that speaks on the international scale as your Emir, as your Imam, as your Khalif, as the true representative of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when, as Muslims, you have no one that represents you, then cowards, hyenas, and these rodenty type characters can go and oppress and kill because there is nobody there to protect. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all of the dead in uh, Christchurch as shuhada inshallah. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant shifa'a kamila to all of the deceased in New Zealand. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all of the dead the world over who have been killed unjustly from the believers inshallah. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give strength to every Muslim to stand up and speak the truth, to explain the truth to everybody they come into contact with, to be of those that give da'wah to Islam, to be those that explain this deen to everybody so they understand the correct Islam, to be of those who do not fear for our risk and our position, except that from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what we get it, and to be not of those who make rash decisions to go and do something similar to what this criminal did. Our role model is not Brenton Tarrant or Trump or anybody like that. Our role model is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our hearts clear and sincere that we respond in the correct way, in a political way, in an intellectual way, in a way that inshallah will open the hearts and the minds of our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues, our brothers and our sisters the world over in humanity to the true message of Islam. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless this ummah with safety, with security, with risk, with the truth. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to raise amongst us men and women who will stand up and be of those that inshallah will call to the khayr. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to note what you have said to to inshallah. And you make the intention that when you leave this Jum'ah khutbah, that it will not be like any other same Jum'ah khutbah. We go back to business as usual. Life as usual, because that is not what the Prophet sallallahu did. Qala Allah subhanahu wa taala fil Quran al-Karim. Badaud bi Allahi min al